Hello, folks, and welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. I'm Trey, your host. Thank you for checking out the show. Always love to have you guys check out the show. Today's show is sponsored by our towels that we are making, golf towels. So if you guys are interested in making towels or uh, something special for that special somebody, a customized towel, whatever it is, let us know. We can get that thing uh, pumped out real, real soon. Ruben, how are you today? Glad to have you on the podcast. You're not on the podcast very often anymore. What the heck? No, I'm like a special guest. I like yeah. it that way. That way I can pop in and out whenever I feel like it, mm. whenever I've got stuff to talk about. Fair enough, fair enough. And you, So it's not all the time. You don't have everything to talk about all the time. No. Okay, interesting. We're talking about the NBA Bubble Awards today, talking about Draymond Green getting a fine that was definitely warranted, Loriano getting in a fight for the athletics um, in the MLB, Mike Clevenger's a liar. We've got plenty for you. The Cowboys fans might be in for a treat this year, and golf had a new winner, guys. Here we go. Welcome to the All Sports Best Podcast. Turn up the volume because it's time for your favorite sports show. Your one-stop shop for sports talk. Three, two, one. All right, guys, alongside me is Ruben today. Very excited about that. We've got plenty of topics for you today. We hope you're having a great time, and especially if you're out there uh, listening to the podcast on the drive or something like that, we're going to accompany you today. The NBA bubble is first on the list today. Ruben, the NBA bubble is apparently going to be giving out awards, and of course we're going to be talking about the speculations of the top players in the league, but really what it comes down to in my opinion, is only two players right now. And, Ruben, you can probably guess who those two players are. Give me your guess. I'm going to say Devin Booker okay. of the Phoenix Suns and yeah. Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers. Spot on. And I know there's a lot of people that will add a few more uh, names to that list, but nobody shines the way that those two have shined and have been household names on their teams. Now, I will give a guy a most improved because he was really, really good, but I feel like that comes in flashes. We saw Lynn Sanity come in flashes. Was he an MVP? No. He was very, very good for a time span with the Knicks, and then he went on and, you know, he had some his moments with the Lakers and stuff, but never like this guy did or has done this year, and it's been pretty cool to see in the bubble. Not during the normal season. Here we come back, and a guy comes back up. His name's TJ Warren. So, Ruben, if you had to choose, I mean, you, you have the whole field. Okay, but if you had to choose an MVP, which one are you choosing, and why do they stand out to you so much as an MVP of the bubble? I'm going to go ahead and go with Devin Booker. Devin Booker okay. because they went undefeated when they weren't even probably expected to even. I mean, they were like the last team in. Yeah. Like, you know what, guys? I mean, you're going to make it in the bubble. You got another team you've to got play a games. 4% chance of making it to the playoffs. You know what I mean? And they won every single game in the bubble to get to the play-in game. So that's incredible in itself. Sure. So, And Devin Booker is the main guy on that team. He he hits game winners. I mean, he's just a he's just a stud. I mean, their team is not that good. And so, to me, Devin Booker is my MVP. So they're not that good. They played that good, but they're not that good. Like, they're just, they shouldn't be where they are. He found a way. Yeah, I mean, he just, he just led, led the team and yeah. made quality shots, just, you know, was a team leader and, and did well. I think... For me, the MVP of the bubble, I'm giving it to Damian Lillard. The dude went off. He's had so many good games. He had a couple of plus 50 games, a 61-point game, which is in, which is nuts, of course. And not only that, but he did it to spite Paul George 
and Patrick Beverly, which is, in my opinion, one of the best storylines we've seen in the NBA bubble because not only does it bring some energy to what you're watching, it's like, oh, I want to see us. Damian Lillard going to go off again and basically look off into the stands. Like if you see a guy in, in baseball, somebody's talking crap in the dugout, he hits a bomb and he looks in the dugout like that. That's what I see Damian Lillard doing night after night, basically, to Paul George and Patrick Beverly. Where are you guys at? What are you doing? Your team is stacked out of your mind. He's never left. Paul George took the easier out, right? He left the Clip, or not the Clippers, the Pacers to go to the Thunder. Eh, you know what? We can't figure it not out. Me and enough. Russ. Yeah, so going to go to the Clippers. And who's going to join me? Uh, Kawhi Leonard's going to join me. Patrick Beverly, that dude's bounced around. I don't think he's had a choice in that matter. But regardless... I love to see what he's done. I give Damian Lillard my MVP because he can literally turn it on and it seems like he can turn it off, but he's just there to work his butt off and just put his head down and go to work. Well, he is definitely a stud and he des- definitely gets overlooked all the time. Does. Like in All-Star, I don't de- think he made the All-Stars this year. Ridiculous. Just because they were like, oh, you know what? We've got a lot of guards. Sorry. You know, you're, you're not making it this year. Right. So, uh, but uh, the reason I'm saying Devin is because I feel like Damian Lillard is like what you said about the Clippers. They've got, he's got more pieces around him, more options sure. and than what Devin Booker has. Right, so. right, right. Okay. And Carmelo Anthony's been a good addition to that. For me, the most improved, and I think we, we might agree on this one, TJ Warren has come out and basically dominated. He took what Jimmy Butler told him that he was just worth cash, cash considerations. Basically, they didn't really care what they got in him when the Pacers traded for him. They didn't really have to trade for him, really. And so they made a joke out of it, and Jimmy Butler was like the main guy at the front of this joke. And now he's just like, okay, let's see what I got. And I mean, don't get me wrong. This dude was not TJ Warren of the bubble before this. Just didn't wasn't the case. But I don't know what got into him. Maybe during the quarantine phase and being away from basketball, he's like, you know what, I want to come back and I want to be the best player I can be. I feel like there's some guys that did that, some guys that were like, I got it, I'm fine. TJ Warren is the most improved in the bubble. Yeah, I have to agree with that 100%. I think that maybe what happens is he's in the bubble, so he's focused. You know, I mean, He doesn't have family distractions. He doesn't have other things going on. Maybe He's just going, you know what, I'm just going to play basketball. That's why I'm here. Until I leave the bubble, I'm going to give 100%, and he's just been killing it. All right, so I talked about a guy that was a hard hat kind of guy. That's Damian Lillard. But I'm going to talk about another guy that really is in that same, uh, you know, select few that you would put in that category. That's Jimmy Butler once again. And we talked about it. He's not a fan of of TJ Warren. I mean, they go at it, but he's kind of like, I'm a superstar. You're a peon. That's the way it's going to be. TJ Warren, I think in my from what I can see, took that to heart. Jimmy Butler takes care of his Cubs. The next in the on the list, Duncan Robinson went up against CP3 from the Thunder and they kind of got into a ball fight. I feel like Chris Paul's probably had anger built up. I don't know. He always has it. He's always kind of annoying. That's just the way I see it. But he grabbed the ball away from Duncan Robinson and then jumped up. He was close to out of bounds and threw it off of him, almost off of his face. It was clearly intentional. He was clearly upset. And Jimmy Butler's like, all right, you want to do that? Cool. He had the ball the next possession. He drove to the basket, saw Chris Paul there, didn't care and lowered his shoulder down and cleared Chris Paul about 20 feet. Do you say Jimmy Butler's a great teammate? We've seen different sides of him being a teammate that's a little harsh versus a little bit more protective. This just shows me he's a good teammate. I agree with you. I think that, you know, he's a good guy to go to war with. 
I'm sure, you know, he has his moments. Sometimes he gets out there a little bit. But I think if you're going to have a teammate that's going to have your back on every possession and make sure that nobody's going to mess with you, then that's the teammate to have. Yeah. I mean, he's also the teammate, though, that you're in the hotel room. He's just dribbling until 4 a.m. And you're like, dude, are you kidding me? We have a game tomorrow. But you can't tell him anything. You can't say anything because it's like, dude, okay, then I'm not going to get your back next time. And, uh, you know, (laughs) we're going to go to blows ourselves. It's not good. Draymond Green got fined $50,000. So $50,000 would put me in the hole pretty good. $50,000 Draymond Green probably felt like, gosh, dang it. But that's about it. Um, He got fined for tampering, talking about a guy that you picked as your MVP, saying that he needs to play on a team that can win. What have the Phoenix Suns been doing? They've been winning. But regardless, he's saying he needs to get up and play excellent basketball all the time. And, you know, Draymond Green's known for getting himself in trouble with his mouth and his foot kicking people, you know, and nuts and stuff like that. Um, $50,000 fine. Uh, You say that it's okay to do. What else do you think they got to do to make sure that people are not tampering or not saying things like this, basically ridiculing other teams? I just think that people like that are trying to, you know, maybe, you know what, we lost Kevin Durant. You know, yeah. we could get another piece, Devin Booker, even though they've got they're pretty guard strong. Yeah. But maybe they're just think he's just thinking, you know what? I'm gonna throw it out there. Maybe he'll say, you know what? That makes sense. My contract's coming up. You know, instead of getting a humongous contract with them, I'll get a little less money and go to the Warriors and win a championship. Yeah. So I guess it depends on your priorities. And I see the Golden State Warriors as being a, a smarter team. They didn't choose to not be in the bubble. They didn't know this year was gonna be bubble year, you know, coronavirus year. But they're resting their guys. They don't have to be away from their families. I mean, it really worked out for them, it seems like. On the year they have off, they really get to enjoy it. And then next year they re-up with maybe a guy like that. But we have seen them also do something like, uh, I don't know, D'Angelo Russell. And that was kind of a nightmare for them. It didn't really work out. So we're going to see what happens there. But, yeah, Draymond, dude, I don't know why they keep hiring him. If I were to choose a basketball player, I would be like, no, dude, literally anybody else off that Golden State Warriors team, I'd want to be on my show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and he's definitely the type of guy that if he is on your team, though, he's going to go to war with you kind of like a Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? He's going to have your back, but he's just so talkative and so out there that you don't know what he's going to say. You don't know, and you don't know what he's going to say to you either. That's another thing. We're going into baseball now. Sorry, the MLB has uh, gone full force, of course, traveling and things like that. Now, there are protocols in place, masks and social distancing, and, of course, no fans in the stands. But one of the things that has become the obvious is, guys, we can't fight. You cannot fight in baseball. You can't fight in different sports, maybe football because there's already contact. But baseball kind of posed that argument. We don't really get too close to each other. There's a lot of distance involved. Yeah, you still have to tag guys. Yes, you still have to hold on at first base and a guy's right there on the base, whatever. But you don't have to basically breathe in other people's air for the most part. Well, you do when you go in to fight. Ramon Laureano uh, went after Alex Cintron, the hitting coach of the uh, Houston Astros, after he apparently called him something or told him something about his mother, something derogatory, whatever. So... It warranted Loriano to go that way. Now, keep in mind, he used to play on the Astros, and so I guess there might have been a little bit of a history there. You know hitters have their egos, and hitting coaches kind of do too. So I don't know what happened exactly, but 20-game suspension for the hitting coach, six-game sp- suspension for Ramon Loriano of the a of the Athletics uh, as, a, as a normal hitter 
Okay, so do you think that this makes sense? Was it fair? I mean, Loriano ran after him and kind of instigated it, but I think the hitting coach should be held to a higher standard too. Well, I mean, I guarantee you they looked at the video 20 times, maybe more, and decided what was going on. And if he did, if they did see that he was taunting him or messing with them and stuff, it's like there's no reason you talk about somebody's mother. There's yeah. no reason you talk about somebody's family. You shouldn't even be saying anything. You know what I mean? You're the hitting coach. Just, hey, you know what I mean? Do what you got to do to help hitters, and that's it. But so I think it showed that he was the real instigator if he got 20 games compared to six games for Loriano. Of course, Loriano's on the field every day, so that's one-tenth of the season. That's, that is a big difference in that, in that respect. Okay, so Ramon Loriano, six games. Six games with no, like, play, right? So can he go to hitting batting practice before the game? Can he go to post game and hang out with the team. I'm assuming he can. I would I would think so. Okay, so he doesn't go home. No, I he really think shouldn't. So. Okay, so that's fine. Okay, so here's my next question. Alex Cintrone, can he go to batting practice? Can he cuz I can't imagine during the game he goes and goes, "Hey, Alex Bregman, hey man, like this is what's going on." Sure, he might, but for 20 games do they need that during the game? Not necessarily. He watches film, he goes to practice the next day and goes, "Hey man, that guy was throwing you inside. You need to really, you know, turn on that inside pitch. That's his job. So if he's suspended for 20 games, does he actually hurt the team? Do they keep him from going, traveling with the team for 20 games? That, to me, would actually make sense because his yeah. value is before the game. Yeah. No, it, it, it's true. I would think that maybe on both regards, we have to look into it better. Yeah. But I think both regards, they might just say, you know what? You're out for six games. Should be. You're out for 20 games. Okay. I'll, we'll see you in three weeks or yeah. whatever. And I mean, I would say for the hitter, I mean, less of a less of a time is cool. Um, and if he goes to batting practice, yeah, he gets to stay. But he he's hurting his team because he's not on the field because he's ne- necessary. The yeah. The hitting coach, to me, he only way you're hurting their team is if he's not with them at all and no contact. Of course, he's going to call them. He's going to watch games. He's going to get mm-hmm. the film still. There's so much technology now. And the Astros, they know a lot about technology, if anybody does. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they, they might be the most techno- technologically advanced team because they like to you know they like to steal signs yeah. and such yeah. like Who's going to hit the trash can if Cintron's right. not in the dugout exactly. telling them if it's a, a curveball or a fastball? Do they take his like his metal bat or his like stick or whatever he maybe. used? I, mean, I don't know. Or they maybe they to, take the trash can they, yeah, with him. They might take the trash can. There's going to be a lot of garbage all over the uh, yeah. dugout. That's for sure. Mike Clevenger. Got into some trouble, right? So he is apparently a liar. That's what I'm, I'm going to mark him liar of the month for sure. Uh, I lost respect for this man. I thought he was really cool. He's got that hippie vibe to him. He's got the long hair, throws hard, a different pitching style. I mean, he brings a whole new vibe to the MLB. And to bring it to the Cleveland Indians is, to me, imperative because you got a team that's not a big market team. But people pay attention to the Cleveland Indians, and more so because of him. Well, apparently he went out with Zach Plesac, correct? Yes. And Plesac was around somebody that had COVID. Yeah. Right. So when they went up to Clevenger and go, okay, man, so have you been around anybody? You know, they ask you this constantly because they're getting tested. They're making sure that people are safe. Why? The Marlins have, you know, kind of ruined their season start. Because of COVID and like 13 players, 19, 18, 18 total staff. Right. Is that correct? Yeah. And then the Cardinals, same thing. Their season's like broken up like no other. Yeah. They got it worse than the Marlins. Yeah. After the Marlins got it started. Because it was longer, right? It was a longer period. Uh And then Mike Clevenger just goes, okay, well, um, no, 
I wasn't around anybody. And Zach Plesak's like, no, I was. And I was with Mike. So he got a suspension for that. It was against protocol for the team and stuff like that. The team needs to take action here, but the MLB probably should step in too and make this an example. How do you think that this should really be handled? Like at the very best case situation. I would say at least two to three starts. If they're both pitchers, two to three starts each that they should be, you know, cut off and, you know, of course, no pay for that time period or whatever. Take that out of their pay. And then also I would say um, the thing that frustrates me about Clevenger is that Zach Plesak had to take a rent a car and drive um, oh, yeah. home from the city that they were in compared to the uh, compared to Clevenger who got on the plane and went with the team like if everything was cool. You know what I mean? So I, just recycling the air that other people are breathing right. in case he he's carrying. Yeah, so I would think I would go ahead and shave Mike Clevenger's hair and make him think about it till it grows back. Right, exactly. No, I like that. Um, okay, so with that also being, I mean, I'm going to add to this, which it doesn't get any better for this dude. I mean, it's just completely getting worse. Carlos Carrasco um, recovered and survived leukemia the year before. He's back on the team. He's in their starting rotation. And he's, you know what I mean? If your immune system is is weaker, you're more susceptible to more severe consequences of, of contracting this virus. So literally, he did not think of anybody but himself. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play, um, which kind of leads into what we're talking about here in just a moment. But before that, we're talking about another Mike, Mike Trout. To me, he's become more machine, more animal than he is man. I mean... You can't perform like this. You just, you simply cannot perform like this in this, uh, you know, throughout this time period with the pitchers and the different, you know, it's just different. You're not in the 1900s where one guy pitches the whole game, you faced him 10 times throughout the year, and literally he just throws a fastball and a changeup. I mean, guys are throwing seven pitches in their arsenal. And they pitch three innings, and then the next guy you see throws 105. I mean, Mike Trout is the guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And he is human because to start the season, he was batting like 143 or something really bad. And they were like, you know, hey, what's going on with Mike Trout? You know, hey, you just got started in the bubble. You didn't get a full spring training. You know, he's human, all that stuff. But now he's starting to get his rhythm, and I think in – but in a six-game period, he had five home runs. And he had two against the A's the other night to stop their nine-game winning streak or something like that. So he's starting to become Mike Trout again. And by the time the season's over, he'll be MVP and okay. we'll move on to next year. Well, I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him an out, but to me, still not human, like anyways. Um he just had a kid, and the first game back from him having a kid, he hit a bomb. The first at bat. So he literally can turn it on. I don't know. Mike Trout, dude, if you're listening, I know you are. I know you're a big fan, which is great. You know, I'm a big fan too. You got to be on the show. You can't just listen to the podcast and then just be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I'm kind of nervous. You're not a silent partner. Yeah, don't be nervous. Put on your ASB cap and yeah. come on the show. Yeah, get that thing on there. Okay, so we're talking about uh, how Mike Clevenger wants to play. Wants to play all the time. He does not want to take off whether he's putting other people at risk or not. Now, the NCAA is not giving their players that choice. Uh, some of them are not. The Big Ten and Pac-12 have both decided to postpone their seasons for the fall, moving them over to the spring, which, of course, dilutes other sports, you would say, other sports seasons. And that got me to thinking, which sports championship reigns king 
amongst viewers. I personally find it to be, you know, March Madness is the tournament for all of college sports, maybe all of sports in altogether. But you talk about diehard football fans going for the national championship. You talk about March Madness fans going for that national championship. And even baseball fans that will branch off to watch College World Series, if they were all, I know they wouldn't do this, but if they all were landed on the same weekend, are we looking at one going, okay, we're pulling all of our fan, all of the fans and watching this, or do they just break up evenly? Well, they would definitely um, do them on different weekends, but if they're in the same, right. even in the same Let's just month, put it in, in perspective. Yeah, if you had the choice and you can only go to one event, I think that you'd still have football reigning supreme because football okay. is football. And, and, you know, we talked about it a while back. Um, football, it gets so many viewers. People are talking about football on ESPN and all the major networks. 24-7 on every yeah. channel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's three months after the season, and they're going, oh, okay, next is NFL Live. And you're like, what? NFL Live? Why are we still talking What's about live? NFL? Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. But so I'm going to have to go with football, even though my heart and my everything else says March Madness is the best. March Madness is the best. It's the truth. And I don't – and I know that there's a lot of baseball fans. There's hardcore old-school people. But if they were all on the same weekend – I would say I would personally say there's more viewers on TV marketing for uh, for March Madness. There's just going to be more people. Why? Because yes, I can bet on the game. I can bet on the football game. It's a ch- national championship. Ooh, we're excited about it. We don't know what's going to happen. That one single game is exciting. But March Madness, you got to earn. You got to claw your way there. And if they did the tournament exactly the way it's been done in the past, nobody has a better time betting. Than you do in March Madness. You can bet on all the games. You can bet on one game, all the game, like all at once. You know, a bracket. There's just so many things to do with that as far as betting goes, viewing goes, and upsets. You just won't get that in any other sport. So to me, I think you're stealing all March Madness soaks up the majority of all the fans. Yeah, yeah, and I think if you can actually monitor it better and say, hey, you know what, we're gonna yeah. put them in a bubble. We're gonna play a a small tournament and then we're going to play another tournament. So How it might sick be on two different be? weekends or whatever. I think um, football is out. Yeah. Football would possibly, well, I don't know about out, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray all have something in common. Ruben, what is that? They all played their last year. I don't know if they were all seniors, but I think they were, but they all played their last year and, that was what made them a number one pick. Okay. Baker Mayfield would have gone, I think they said second round. Okay. Kyler Murray would have gone to baseball because he was a number one guy already getting millions right. to, you know, to play baseball. And then Joe Burrow would have been a fifth rounder. Mm. So uh, between all those guys, without their senior season, their last year playing football, they wouldn't have been where they are now. And so with that being said, with these um, other sport uh, football being canceled in the Pac-12, and the Big Ten, then that's hurting the chances of a lot of these great uh, quarterbacks and uh, running backs, you know, receivers, anything to becoming a number one pick. Where right now, I would say Trevor Lawrence is a shoe in. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence doesn't have to play. He wants to play. He's the Mike Clevenger. He's going to be there. But that's the thing with the Pac- Big Ten, Pac-12. There's so many variables that go into college football now. NFL, you know who the guys are. You're not going to pull somebody up out of nowhere. You're not going to take a dude's red shirt and go, okay, we're going to pull you out of, out of there and and we haven't tested you. And we're, it's just there's more control in the NFL, I would say, and there's a, a lot less teams. 
when it comes to college football, you're traveling all across everywhere. You don't know where what's been and there's frat parties. There's all these things. There's just so many variables that go into it that I feel like it's just responsible to postpone it. Now, people don't agree with me all the way through. SEC's apparently going to try and make it work. ACC as well. But from what my understanding, college football makes the majority of their money from the fans and the ticket sales and stuff like that. So wouldn't you want to even give yourself a chance to have a percentage in the spring rather than none in the fall? Yeah, no, I think I agree with you hundred percent. I think that, um, when what's going to happen is if they do, let's say things get better in the spring, they say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and have a spring schedule. You're going to have a lot of the main players that aren't going to play because it's going to hurt their yeah. chances with the draft and everything coming up so soon and, and take the chance of getting hurt. They won't have any heel time, I guess, to get ready for the NFL, but I don't know. I guess um, people would just be happy to see a season. And then you got teams like Nebraska that want to pull out of their conference just to try to play in an independent or somewhere just so they can play football. They can play games. And we talked about this before off the air that if you just go, all right, look, we got an ironclad contract. Ruben, you know, you play for Nebraska, sign this, and it says that if you get sick, you chose this route and you wanted to play. Does that hold up still? Do you think that would hold up? Because I feel like that's a risk that these players are taking. And yes, they're above 18 for the most part. Most of them are. And yes, they can sign for themselves. They're technically legal adults. But say somebody does get sick and seriously hurt from it or seriously, um, you know, or dies, something like that. And then they go back and go, hey, that's not fair. This kid was basically brainwashed. I mean, there's so many loopholes in this, it seems. Is there any way that you can do this with no liability as an NCAA entity? Well, I I think that NCAA is going to have to be responsible for all this. If it happens, I think it's going to be a, a big liability, and I think it's going to be it's going to be sad and it's going to be crazy. I think if this thing whole this if this whole thing goes on, then it's just another argument as to why players should get paid. Like, oh, there's hazard pay. Oh, there's you know there's a lot of things that people always want to say about it. But this one's one of them for sure, I think. Okay, so next on the list, we have about two minutes, or no, I'm sorry, three minutes left here. Cowboys fans might be a little excited right now. Jerry Jones is like, nope, we're not starting the season without fans. We're going to have fans in the stands. We got great airflow here at Cowboys Stadium, AT&T. They they know what we got to do to make this work. 80,000 people fit into that stadium. If, if full capacity goes, which... If, if let's just say they opened it all together, would that fill up? It's sold out hundred percent. Oh yes. Like people are going, if they've got it path of least resistance, I got it. Right. So if they say, okay, we're going to go 10%. What do you think? What do you think the price sales go up to? Let's say that right now they're at $200. How much does that go up in, in price? Oh, I would say you're you're looking at at least a thousand dollars a ticket mm-hmm. minimum. If you're doing just 8,000, I think you're going to, he's going to try to get, 40,000. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We can do 50% capacity or you know what? 40% at the minimum, but he's going to try to get as many people as he can in there. And I think it's going to be dangerous, but Hey, you know, it's his thing. And if, if Texas lets him do it, I guess, you know, more power to him. I mean, let's say he does this. There's a lot of liability. Like we're talking, I mean, liability is what it comes down to. You're just risking a lot of money from lawsuits and lawsuits and lawsuits. But if he has all of the right things, you got to keep a mask on. You got to take, you, you're going to be this far apart from people and you know what our our concession stands we're just going to have an app if you want something they'll bring it to you i don't know how that's all going to work what about bathrooms you know what i mean like there's so many people that have to go to the bathroom 
at any given time. You go to a sporting event, you got to be elbow to elbow peeing next to somebody. If you're a guy. I don't know what, I mean, girls, I guess not, but it's still pretty filthy in there. And what's on the seats, you know, what's on the floor, what's on the, it's people that, you know, it's stuff that's going to get you sick if it's, if they're, if they're infected, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter no, about your mask. It's going to be crazy. It's it's interesting to say the least. Okay, so next on the list is a sport we have become very fond of as of late. That's golf. PGA Championship was won by Colin Morikawa, 23 years old. What does this mean for the sport? Um, I think it's neat. I think it's somebody different. Um, he shot a 64 and a 65 on the weekend and did very well. He's young, upcoming star. So who knows? I mean, he could be the next Tiger Woods, or this could be his only win in two years. So what is that? A seven and an eight under? I believe something so. like that. I mean, so I found this out this past week, and I'm excited to, to share this with you because I had no idea. I asked a guy; he's a golf pro, and he was like, "Yeah, I've you know the best I've shot is a 64." Okay, so that's what that's what Colin Morikawa shot. Best I've shot is a 64. Shot it a few times, you know. And that's the best I've ever done. Okay, cool. And then I said, well, what about in tournaments? Like, have you shot that in a tournament? He said, no, absolutely not. He said he shot a three under in a tournament one time. That's the best he's ever done. I said, why? He said that the holes are placed in strategically to make it more difficult during tournaments, which I had no idea. Sometimes you'll catch it in the middle or in the back or in the front, but they'll put it on the corner where it slopes off and that's going to add a stroke or two to the general golfer. So Interesting, 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 guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. It means a whole lot to us that you take time out of your day to throw on the ASB podcast. Any last words, Ruben, before we go? Uh, have a good day, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the All Sports Best Podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcast or Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and join the conversation. Till next time, this is the All Sports Best Podcast. Oh, yeah.